Thank you for listening. This is Brett Trainer, your host for Hardwired for Growth, a podcast where we strive to help entrepreneurs and business owners not only grow their businesses, but scale them. We do this by having conversations with industry experts and the entrepreneurs who have successfully scaled their own businesses. Statistics show that only 5% of all startups ever achieve annual revenue of a million dollars and less than 1% reach 10 million. Our mission is to help more than double the number of companies that reach each of those thresholds. In this episode, I have a conversation with Rachel Clattmiller. Rachel is the Vice President of Marketing and Digital Engagement at Force Management. She also has extensive television and media background where she is an Emmy Award winner and six-time nominee for her production work. In this conversation, we discuss best practices of social media and other marketing tactics for growing businesses. This is a great episode for founders and CEOs are looking and thinking about ramping up their marketing and specifically their social capabilities. The question we answer in this episode are, why business accounts are different than personal social accounts? Why can feel you're speaking to an empty room when you're first starting out? How to balance promotional with informational? how social can keep your business top of mind and your prospects, why social can and should create legitimacy for your business, what to look for if you decide to work with an outsourced vendor, plus much, much more. Now, on to the intro. Welcome back. You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies, led by your host, Brett Trainer. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Brett, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Likewise. It's been a while. I know we've been trying to get this in the books, and uh, fortunately, we were able to uh, get it coordinated and scheduled, and, and now we're live. Yeah. All, all good things take time, Brett. Exactly. <laughs> Especially in marketing, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But And are you still joining us all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina? I am sitting in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina, looking out at some lovely Carolina blue sky. There you go. Isn't it always blue skies in Carolina? Well, <laughs> we like to promote that. Unfortunately, right. no, but today it is. <laughs> and you're not to the dog days of summer yet, right? Where it can get hot and humid. Right. right. Sweltering. No, no. We're in, we're in the nice, the nice season. Awesome. It's about time I need to, to head back out there. So, all right, well, let's, uh, to get started, I usually like to, to ask folks, not what their job descriptions are, but you know, at a cocktail party, Rachel, how would you describe to people what you do? I typically describe what I do by saying I create content that helps companies generate brand awareness and revenue. Awesome. Yeah. I summed that up really nice, huh? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> if I would have asked you in advance, it would have sounded prepared, but no. Right. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I, I was definitely looking forward to having you on the show is talking about um, not just content and content marketing, but I think, you know, as my audience is starting, you know, the growth process and they may be dabbling in some social media, they may be doing a few things on the fringe, but really it's in order to scale the business, you know, I think marketing and social really needs to have a, an infrastructure to scale. So that's, that's why I was happy to get you on to talk and bring and share some of your expertise in this area. So maybe a good place to start is you're, you're just your definitions of, you know, marketing and, and social media and, you know, you can launch into the, the value and the roles that they play in, in growing a business. Okay, great. Yeah. I think 
you know, everyone throws around the term social media and we all know the platforms that utilize social media, right? Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those. And I think how I think of social media as I think of it as a, a tool to, for people to create and capture and interact with content out there. I think it's a communication tool for people to own their mess- message. It's a mechanism for people to have immediacy and be in a moment at a, at a certain event. And what makes social media unique as compared to other content avenues is it allows for that feedback loop, which is incredibly important when you're communicating on behalf of a brand. It allows you to receive messages from the people that you're promoting to. If I, if I send out a press release, for example, I'm, it's a one-way form of communication. I'm writing it and I'm promoting it out there, but I don't have a way for uh, myself or my company to receive information based on that. Social provides you that loop of communication. And, and I think that's why it can be such a powerful tool uh, for businesses that are looking to scale. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think too, to your point is, is it's really around the engagement, right? We're striving uh-huh. to have better engagement with our customers. And I think you, you're right. The old, the old school philosophy was we'll just blast them with messaging and tell them how good we are and these types of things where, uh, to your point, the real opportunity I think is with in more of that personalization or the one-to-one uh, or it feels like one-to-one engagement with the brand and, and the consumer. So if you don't mind, maybe we could, we can unpack into that a little bit better because, you know, that could sound daunting. <laughs> How do I start just engaging with, you know, my potential customers? So maybe, you know, as you've seen throughout your career, how to kind of build that infrastructure, if you will, or a platform that allows you to, you know, build towards those engagements. Right. I think that's a, a good point because engagement does take time. I think when you first start, especially as a company getting on social, it's a little bit different than you're building your own Facebook page for your, your own self or your own Instagram profile. You just go on, you follow all your friends and everybody posts what they're doing this weekend and isn't it great? When you're doing that as a, as a company, it's a little bit more challenging to build in that engagement. For a while, you feel like you're just talking to an empty, empty room. And that's sort of what you have to do to, to get it going. And I always tell people the first thing you need to do is just get started. Start doing it because your audience is going to be different than the audience of, of another company. So you have to figure out what works what works for you and what's going to bring you that eventual engagement. I think people sometimes think they understand social media because they do have a LinkedIn profile or they use Instagram or, you know, their kids are on Snapchat or whatever it is. So they may be aware of, of using it, but using it for a business can be a um, can be very different in the way your mindset and the way you approach it because the goals the goals of it are different and that's probably a good starting point for a lot of businesses even if you've already started social maybe you're sharing some stuff on LinkedIn you've got taking some pictures on Twitter sharing on Instagram maybe you're even using Facebook live but it's a if you're trying to scale and you want to ha- use social media as a way to build engagement and help increase your brand awareness, it's good to take a step back and say, okay, what are my goals with this avenue? What, what do I want to accomplish from that? And then align your strategy appropriately. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that is so true. And, you know, I'm guilty of that in myself. Quite a bit of time is not stating a goal, right? What is the, mm-hmm. what am I trying to, to gain from this? And you know, one of the, my more recent lessons with, with social has been that it's, you can't be the same message all the time. And well, let me clarify that a little bit that, yeah. you know, it's sometimes you're going to use it as a call to action that you want somebody to come to your site or a webinar, but other times it's branding or, just providing good, valuable content. And I think that goes back to your point of not only having a objective or a goal, but also a plan. Yes. I think, I think that's a really good point. You don't always want to be asking for something when you're promoting content on social. If you, I'll tell you just this week, we're promoting a webinar and I was looking at our feed and I thought, gosh, I'm promoting this webinar a lot. I should throw in some motivational stuff here to balance it out because you, you do want that balance. I'll give you a quick example, kind of away from the business side, but on Instagram, you know, I follow um, a couple of reality TV stars. I won't say who, (laughs) but um, I, they, if anybody doesn't know, once you get a reality TV show, you get a bazillion Instagram followers and then you get sponsored Instagram posts and you just make money from saying, Hey, buy this t-shirt or buy this teeth whitening kit or whatever. So there's somebody who I follow who has started to make all of her posts selling products and, and you can see the comments. People get upset. They're like, why is every post now selling product? This isn't what you know, this isn't why we're following you. So she's getting, she's gotten some backlash on it. And it's the same thing with your business. You know, I'm not always going to promote something that has a form for people to give me their information or sign up for this or schedule a call or do an assessment. I want to make sure I have a good balance of information that I'm putting out there. And that really goes to your, to your goals. I think when you think about social media, and I was thinking about this before we got on here to talk, I think that there's three main goals with social media. First, it's just brand awareness. It's letting people know that know that you're there and keeping your company top of mind. Well, you want to, what, how do we say, like you want to stay top of mind with a buyer because it might not be right now, but it might, they may want to be buying in six months or in a year. So how do you stay in front of that buyer? Social is a great way to do that. Stay up in their LinkedIn feed. So I think brand awareness is a, is a great goal of social media. I think legitimacy, I always say, I compare social media now to websites. It's it. If you think about in the nineties, when the internet was taking off and companies were developing very basic websites, if back then, if somebody said, Oh, does that company have a website? And somebody said, no, they would say, Oh, okay. Well, not every company has a website now. Now, who does a business with a company that doesn't have a website? Right. Right. Absolutely true. Yeah. And and we are almost there with, with social media. I think there's some industries that are a little bit behind, but if you don't have a social media presence as a company, you, it really speaks to legitimacy of, of your company. And it's, and it's not just, you know, a blank LinkedIn page, or maybe you just fill out the about section. But if you go to the about section of somebody's LinkedIn page and it's a couple sentences and they don't have their header image and they have two employees on LinkedIn when they're really 500 employees strong, people start to question the legitimacy of your business. So I think that while the engagement and staying top of mind with your buyers and your stakeholders is important, you can't underestimate the fact that it really ties to legitimacy of, of your business now. 
So I would say that that would be a, a second kind of overarching goal. And then that third, really, once you get it scaled and you're engaging and you're rolling with it, then, then I think it becomes that lead generation tool. That lead generation piece is tied to the fact that you have that legitimacy as an organization digitally and that you have that brand awareness. Both of those tie, tie into your being able to use it as a lead generation tool. Yeah, I think that makes a, a great building block. And I want to go back to something you said with, with brand awareness, which I think is a really good point, especially if you're selling to other businesses or in the B2B space and thinking about it, that in the old days, you used to be able to just cold call and you know disrupt people's days and get meetings and, and enforce a sale and get them to, to, to buy. And I'd say you can't force them, but it, it was easier from an outreach and a cold call to, to try to get somebody to sell something. But in today's day and age, you know, they're going to know when they have the problem, all the research or research. Yeah. They're going to do the research on the line and try to determine ahead of time, you know, who's out there in the space that can help them solve this sort of problem. And if you're not top of mind and you know, you're not legitimized, you're not going to see that traffic coming to you when they have a problem, you still have to rely heavily on, you know, outreach tactics, which are not nearly as efficient as if you build, you know, build this social platform the right way. Right. You know, it's like the old radio jingles. I mean, I know some people still have radio jingles, but why do they have jingles? It's because that stayed in your mind. So when you needed the plumber, you remembered the jingle for the plumber in your community, right? You don't always need the plumber, but when you needed it, you remember, oh wait, call that that guy that has that radio ad, you remembered it in that way. You know, at Force Management, we sell sales performance improvement. We help companies improve sales rep productivity, generate more revenue per rep. Well, the pain points that we solve, a lot of companies have them, right? I could write a blog that says how to get more of your reps making quota. And a lot of people have that issue. The question is, when are they going to when is that pain of the reps not making quota going to be strong enough for them to take action and call a company like force management to help them fix that challenge? And it's a spectrum, right? Sometimes you're, you're sitting there, you know, I'm going to wait another quarter or we've got another hiring round. I'm going to let this initiative get through it. We're rolling out new products, whatever that is. But my job is to make sure that when they are looking for force management or for a solution like force management, we are easy to find. And social is a way that I can stay top of mind with those people who follow us. Right. No, I think that's a, a great point. And, you know, the way I like to, again, not the, the social media expert, but, you know, to think about when they're going after their audience, right, there's going to be a, a company or individuals that know they have a problem and they know you and they know you can solve the problem, but there's probably a lot more that have identified a problem, but don't know who can solve that problem. And that's where I think brands and companies can differentiate themselves is with that outreach coming to you because you've told the, the right story or you provided valuable content that helps them better understand or process what their problem is. Yes, is to, to be there when, when they're looking. 
And I don't think a lot of, at least historically, I haven't gone that deep thinking about that. But if the, the, when you're looking at scaling your business, growing your business is to break it into those buckets and make sure you're targeting the, the right people, right? Because there's people who don't know they have a problem, don't know you, <laughs> right? And yeah. don't know solve it. So don't, you know, burn calories or money or time on, you know, the hard to reach prospects. You may convert a few of them at some point, but, you know, I think, what you were talking about is, is focus on, you know, the people that know they have a problem. And I think part of what you can do with your content is help educate people that maybe didn't realize they had a problem, but after consuming, they'd have a better understanding that, Oh, maybe I could be better. I, we could be doing this differently. Yeah, sure. And right. That's the whole foundation of inbound marketing is to be developing content that speaks to the pain points and the challenges that your buyers are experiencing. And we put a lot of resources behind the content that we develop and we develop it in a way that it's, we have a continuous stream of content that we're putting on the marketplace. And a lot of it comes through our blog, but we're also developing pillar pages and website pages and webinars. And it's a lot of the same types of pain points we might be talking about or outcomes we're trying to explain that we can help achieve, but it's taking many different forms. And the reason we do that is because we're trying to meet people where they are. So you may have a, a, a blog that you might see on our website, and then you may notice that we hit that same topic in a podcast, and that same topic is in an ebook and a webinar, and it's on our G2 crowd page, that uh, B2B uh, review site. So we are slicing and dicing the content so we are able to reach people where they're trying to find us. And I think it's probably a good gut check for companies that are trying to scale is to really look at that collateral and how the salespeople are using that collateral in the sales process, how it's getting out to your prospects and your buyers. Is it focused on pain points that you solve and it is the value and differentiation of your solution at the forefront of that collateral and does it align with how your sales reps are talking about your products and that is a really critical step i think when you're trying to scale you know everybody wants to get the conference swag right i need hats i need shirts i need some right. cool do that, which is, which is great. And we all love that. Uh, but at the end of the day, your marketing budget needs to be focused on developing that content that's going to entice a buyer and align with the sales conversation. So you're able to grow revenue. Right. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. And maybe to transition a little bit into knowing what I, one of the things I like to preach is, you know, play to your strengths, right? So if you're starting to scale, you have to bring new people on board or work with partners. I find a lot of, you know, the, the entrepreneurs may not think that social is their sweet spot. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think you know, one of the things we ch chat about briefly before the show was, you know, looking at vendors and partners and bringing them on, which I think is definitely a legitimate way and almost either you're going to hire somebody or work with somebody. So maybe kind of talk about what to look for if you're looking for kind of a social media partner and maybe some of the, the potential pitfalls that they, they should be avoiding. Sure. I think there's a misconception that social media, because it can be a powerful tool, is really the 
a standalone avenue for marketing. It's not. So when somebody says, oh, well, we're hiring a vendor to help us with social media, most likely that vendor is going to be super expensive and they're going to charge you a bunch of money for writing tweets, which if you understand the value and differentiation of your own solution, you could probably write in 10 minutes. So that's not a great use of money. I think when you're trying to scale and you're trying to find a vendor to help you, especially in this area, you need to be looking at the entire content picture because social media is nothing without content. So you can say, I'm going to post on LinkedIn once a week. Well, great. What are you going to post? Are you just going to be posting inspirational quotes? Okay. That's great to do once in a while, but it's not going to be driving people to your website and it it might start some engagement, but you know, posting a great quote from, I don't know, FDR, whatever is may make people hit the like button, but there's not that direct tie to your business. So I think you really need to think about how that whole content picture comes together. And if somebody says, well, I can just handle social media for you and isn't going to develop develop content, you're going to be spending money with two vendors instead of one. So I would really look for somebody to help you promote things on social, but also can come in and help you with a content strategy that you are going to promote on social. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually great advice. And I think too, it's okay. You know, if you start with, with one channel, right. If, Mm -hmm. um, and then expand from there, which I think goes back to one of your original points is know your audience, right. Where where are they hanging out and, and start with there. And I've worked with a a business that is coaching business and their number one lead tool right now is Yelp, (laughs) which I never would have put those two together, but I think, you know, I think one of the keys to sex is start and scale it, but measure everything, right? Yes. And I, and I think you know, when we started the social at force management, we were just on Twitter and LinkedIn. We're a small team. That was what we could, what we could manage. And we also felt that that was where our buyers are and guess what? They still are. And now we have kind of expanded a little bit with Facebook and Instagram to go to those goals of legitimacy, right? Companies are just on these channels. So we need to have that. And also for brand awareness. And I tell you why we started to move into Facebook is because of Facebook Live. So we can do live streaming on that a lot easier. And so that's why we've kind of forayed into that. But our primary focus is on Twitter and LinkedIn because that's where our engagement comes from. That makes makes sense. And it's too, it doesn't have to be, because I think people think, oh, I got to do Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or Instagram. And it's, you know, really the first step is getting the, your own content out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to do it organically first so you can see what you're dealing with before you start to venture into paid. And, and you made the point about measurement. I think, you know, obviously measurement is critical, but there's more to social than just the clicks. Obviously the clicks back to your website is where you want to go. And ultimately I, you know, if I promote a sales call on LinkedIn and somebody clicks and books a sales call, well, there's where, where I, where I want to measure. But I think what we've learned over these past several years, I mean, here at Forest, but then in also avenues that I've been in and, and other companies that I've worked with, it, it takes time. And the fact that people see you posting, even if they don't click, there is value in that. And 
when you're talking about trying to stay top of mind, if you're just popping up in that LinkedIn feed during the day, there's value in that. And I think you have to be realistic, especially when you're communicating up in an organization, when you're communicating to investors or whoever are your stakeholders, those expectations have to be realistic. And you know, even where we are now, we have a great network of people and we'll post stuff that nobody engages with and maybe it has minimal likes, but people might click it or they may say something to me. Oh, I saw that on LinkedIn. It's so I guess what I'm saying is you can't always go for the, you know, the main metric to show the value of medium. Um, you know, it's followers, it's engagement, it's how many people shared it. And, you know, are, are people coming to your website from social? That's another great way to, another great metric to look at. And I think because it's not all always going to happen at once. So you want to have some kind of leading indicators of success because it will take a while for you to have a post with 60 comments or a uh, hundred likes on a post. I mean, I don't even think we have posts that do that now, right. but I know that social is driving traffic to our website because I can see it in HomSpot every day. Got it. And so basically it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint and you have to it is, treat it as yes. a longer game versus... Oh my gosh. Um, you got to make the investment in I feel like I fight for every Twitter follower still. <laughs> I mean, they just don't come. We're not all like Kim Kardashian, right? Right, right. <laughs> So you got to build it with value and people. Right? Exactly. And then it's there. And then all of a sudden you have this base of content where people are like, wow, these guys really produce some, some great stuff. And then it, and then it kind of works for you. Right. And there's basically no way to hack your hack your way to scale, right? That's the one phrase I Well, would yeah, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, just go ahead. You had sent over one at like, that point in advance, and I got to thinking about that. You know, when we started paid media, we were really trying to, our goal was brand awareness. Like we wanted people to come to our website and that was the goal, brand awareness. And so we really didn't qualify the traffic as much, but our hits went out the roof which was great. You know, it's great to say you hit a record number of web visits this month. Right. Well, the other part of that story is there was no conversion and the bounce rate was high and people weren't spending time on the site. So while our goal was, was right, is that we wanted brand awareness and we probably got that. We needed, a, we, needed, we needed to then move to a more specific goal. So we moved to time spent on site for engaging. So I think that, yeah, you can hack your way and, and skew the numbers, but when you start to peel away the onion, if you don't do it right, the real return is not going to be there. Yeah. I like that. I, th- I think yeah, to your point, you'd rather have 10 people that are interested in you than a hundred people that aren't right. They're not your target customer. So that's a good, that's very good. Point. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it doesn't always speaking as a marketing person, when I'm reporting on metrics, you know, there might not be the wang, you know, wow numbers sometimes in those reports. But if they're, if it's quality over quantity, then that's what you want. It might take you longer to build those networks, but if it's of the right people, then it shouldn't matter. Right. No, and that'll pay off in time. The investment up front will pay off down the road. And it almost ties back to your original three points, which were, you know, brand awareness, legitimacy, then ultimately lead generation. So, Mm -hmm. which if I'm summarizing, right, those are the the, the key. And then looking at your your overall content strategy and a plan, just don't wing it, right? (laughs) Have purpose behind what you're doing. Um, 
And even I will, I will say on that point though, too, Brett, I think you don't want to wing it, but at the same time, you want to be flex, flexible and agile, right? It's okay to like get something up quick and, and do it when there's a spur of the moment. Tiger wins, wins the Masters after a great comeback and you want to put something out there that is talks about overcoming adversity, then do it, right? You don't want to have layers and layers of approval in your organization because social media, social media tools are driven by immediacy. And if you, if you wait too long, like if you have a conference and you're leading a conference and it's Monday and you post about it on Wednesday, who cares? You missed the moment. Right. To get back to your, one of your points on engagement, right? It's, this is, you have to be personal and opportunistic, I guess. That's That's a great point. Um, Good. Well, Rachel, this has been a lot of fun. I've actually learned quite a bit today. So, so yeah. thank you um, for spending some time with us. What I, what I want to close now with is our closing time segment. So our listeners get a chance to learn a little bit more about you. So if you're ready, I'll fire away. Fire away. All right. So what do you like to do when you're not helping businesses grow? What do I like to do? So I have a four-year-old, so I spend a lot of time with him and my husband, and we're often at t-ball or swim practice or whatever. I think my husband and I are um, food lovers. We're foodies, and we travel, and you know, we eat a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I also have a Peloton, so I'm on that bike in uh, our bonus room a lot. I don't know if anybody out there has a Peloton. You can follow me. My uh, leaderboard name is Make It Nice, although I'm always at the bottom of the leaderboard. Oh. <laughs> well, that's all right. You could, right. It's, it's better to do it than the sitting on the oh, sidelines. So. Yeah, it can be a struggle, but I'm on it. I'm on the bike. That's awesome. I have, I've thought about it, but haven't pulled the plug because I like to do different. I like to be outside, so it makes sure. it a little bit harder, but I know there's yeah. people that absolutely swear by it. So uh, good for you. Next question is what is one thing it could be food, book, movie, anything that you would highly recommend? One thing. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, gosh, it's hard to narrow it down to one. I started, That's right. you can using, give us two or three. If <laughs> I started using a morning journal. It's, it's by habit nest. It's called the morning sidekick journal. And I made it a goal this year to really try to be more intentional with my time and how I was spending time for myself. And this journal I'm a bit obsessed with. I keep telling everybody about it. It's a one page thing, like journal, like who has time for that, right? I feel like Oprah had us all journaling pages and pages. (laughs) I don't have time for that. But this is you write in the morning, you write five goals for the day. And then the night before you write five things you're going to do that morning. So what it has forced me to do is really celebrate small things that I'm able to get done one and two, be intentional with my 30 minutes. I might have to myself in the morning and it's, it's great. I think it's like 20, 25 bucks. It's called the Habitness morning sidekick journal. And it has uh, really made me more productive and given me a, a good space in which to start my day. Oh, that's awesome. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So for people yeah. that want to find it, I'm, I haven't quite got to that point. I do, I do have a uh, device called remarkable. That's mm-hmm. a, I, cause I, I'm a note taker, but yeah. I have pages and pages and piles of notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what this tool allows me to do is just hand write it out and then it converts it to text. So it allows me to save oh, it into nice. a, a notebook. So next step is the journaling. I know a lot of people swear by that, but um, no, that, that's good. Thank you. And then last call, what is your drink or beverage of choice? 
I am a buttery Chardonnay. Oh, is that a Carolina thing? I don't think so. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love a Chardonnay on a, on a porch. That's yeah, Chardonnays always feel like a uh, a summer drink, right? When it's warm, the sun's out, it's ice yeah. cold. So maybe because it's 80 degrees here today, that's what I'm <laughs> I do. I, I spent some time in Kentucky. I lived in Lexington, Kentucky uh, for a couple of years in, in a former life and developed a taste for bourbon. So I uh, do love an old-fashioned. Okay, so you mix it up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go straight up with the bourbon, but then color me impressed anyway. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. There's no, not many people in Kentucky that don't drink bourbon. So when you live there, you just, you learn to appreciate it. An acquired taste. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Rachel. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to discuss before we wrap this up? No, I just thank you for letting me join your show, Brett. And uh, if anybody has any questions or they want to connect, please, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's right. You took my last question. Uh, question is where it was the best place to people find you. And I'll, I'll also link um, in the show notes, uh, a link to your LinkedIn profile. Yes. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Brett. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R dot com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.